If you're listening at home, do not take this man's advice. No, don't. Listen, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you already understand this. Like, you listen to Robin for, like, real advice, and and to me for, like, uh, comedy relief. (laughs) Um, Joe has some good points. I have some some good points, but my points are more about, like, not kicking your back and getting overly (laughs) frustrated. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 15 of the Disc Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Robin, along with my very good friend, Joe. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody, which I'm also a host. Yeah, okay. Um, you know something different about this episode? What's that? I haven't stopped to cough for like... That's true. 30 seconds right off the bat. I think there's a pretty good chance that Joe won't have any coughing fits in this episode, which will be... You know, to your benefit as a listener. There's a very good chance. So uh, I do apologize for all my coughs last week. Uh, as we, as you know from listening, uh, I was battling the plague. I've made it through pretty SARS. much all the way. SARS, uh, swine flu. Yeah. H1N1, which I think is swine flu. I don't know. Possibly. They're like all the same thing. Uh, bird flu. Bird flu. What's the mosquito one? Oh, Zika. Ooh, yeah. I had I had Zika the Zika, virus. but I, I fought through. I'm not sure if any of those actually make you cough, but I assume they do. I mean, like, when you get real sick, you, pr- you probably cough. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, but yes, I'm feeling, I'm feeling much better. Uh, I did think about editing out all the coughs, but there were so many that I didn't have time to do that. So hopefully it didn't ruin your experience of the podcast. We hope that this one will be a huge improvement and that Joe will be able to focus the entire time. And hopefully, like, you... Battled through anyways, like, to get the promo codes for the Infinite Discs, even though it was at the very beginning, but yeah, <laughs> hopefully you finish the podcast anyways. Which we should mention again, for all of our listeners, if you want to get 10% off at InfiniteDiscs.com, use promo code DGPODCAST, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Yeah, totally. From, from probably the best online retailer out there. It is, it is. So, like, the, the thing is... For the most part, you'll probably get, like, free shipping, basically. Um, and if you put those prices against any other place you buy discs, like, regardless of shipping, they're the lowest. Like, I yeah. we, I mean, we've talked a lot about how many discs we buy, and we, we buy far, far too many. Um, there are probably literally hundreds. Probably, yeah. On the shelves next to us that uh, have never been in our bags and probably won't ever be in our bags. And that's just the McPro AVRs. Oh no, that's a whole nother like shelf down the way. Like that's how many do you own of those? I think I'm up to forty, something like that. Forty. Not quite. It's probably thirty something, but <laughs> yeah, you know. I think I own, and that's just sorry. Let me step back. That's just McPro AVRs. Yeah, just yeah. like that's not putters because that's a whole different world. Robin, Robin has a problem. I do not have a problem. Putters are great. How many putters do you own? I'd probably like a, a good guesstimate. Probably 80, 60, or 60 to 80, I'd say. You know, like, I'm going to say 90% of the listeners right now don't own 60 to 80 discs. I hope they do. You should. I mean, they should, totally. But you you probably have, like, more putters than, like, five of these people combined. Putters are great. They are. But how many do you carry with you during a round? Mm, like, six. That's still a lot of putters. But yeah, still, that's not an unusual amount of putters for someone to carry. A lot of people. So I carry I carry two driving putters. All right, yeah. I carry two uh, putting putters. Okay. I carry a uh, two approach putters, which are a uh, 
um, a Nova and a Glow AVR. And then I carry two driving putters, which at the moment is a Lucid Judge and a uh, Discmania S-Line P2. So okay. th- that's not that unusual. I guess that's not that bad. I mean, I carry four. I mean, I'm talking it's trash, not... <laughs> and I, I carry four. So I, there are people that carry more putters than six. That's not, not unusual. I Actually, sure. I carry three, but I, I, I'm probably going to go back to carrying four. And putters are they're probably the most fun to throw, in my opinion. Oh, is just this? You you're can, wrong. Yes, I No, no. Totally wrong. You can get all the great lines with them. They're great for practice. You can play catch with them if you want yeah, to. Yeah, totally. But listen, <laughs> it's all about the crazy high-speed drivers. No, it's not. Those are the most fun to throw. <laughs> Those are the best ever. I like... Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break one of our rules. You'll never guess what the beer is that we're gonna pair, and you don't know what's gonna happen. But we did get ourselves a PD two. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love that disc. I know you do. Like I like held it once, and I was in love. Like the the more overstable, crazy. Well, not that's not true because I have an X one, and that will never be used ever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I I have to run over with my car like. <laughs> for an hour back and forth. See, I'm the exact opposite. I get those heavily overstable discs, and to me, there's only two things I can do with that. I can do a straight, I mean, a, a full-on big hyzer throw that's just going to go left right out of my hand as a as a backhand, or I can do the same thing with a forehand. That's really all I can do, maybe an overhand shot. They have no flexibility. See, whereas but, whereas oh. These putters and these other discs, I can get them to do all kinds of things. You know, like with driving, you're like supposed to accelerate into the turn. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm with that. With like the high speed driver, I'm like, I'm just gonna throw an epic spike hyzer, because I know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get into the hyzer. I'm not gonna try and throw it flat. I'm not gonna try an anhyzer. I'm gonna throw it on a ridiculous angle, super high and far. And just watch that bad boy slam into the ground right where I want it. If you're listening at home and you're you're a, a an intermediate, a novice, or maybe even an advanced amateur, and you're working on your form, do not listen to anything my no, partner don't. is saying. No, don't. Right not now. at all. No, not no, a no, no, thing. no. Practice all the other stuff. But <laughs> if you got some open holes, I'm so much better at gauging my distance on a spike hyzer than any other throw. Well, yeah, but you could do that with a with a an overstable mid range too. At that same distance, I bet. I bet you could throw a Buzz OS the same distance on, I mean, a, on no, a similar line. So that's totally probably true. But as we've talked about too, I love the wide rim. Like I can't grip mid ranges; don't feel good in my hand. Gotcha. Especially with a power grip. Yeah. But if I've got that wide ass rim, that like shallow depth on like a high speed driver, I'm in. Like let's go. Again, I'll repeat this. If you're listening at home, do not take this man's advice. No, don't. Listen, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you already understand this. Like, you listen to Robin for, like, real advice and, and to me for, like, uh, comedy relief. <laughs> um, Joe has some good points. I, I, have some, I have some good points, but my points are more about, like, not kicking your back and getting overly frustrated. <laughs> My points are about having more fun when you like get way too competitive and you're pissed off. Uh, but I, I, you know, yeah, twelve speed. And, uh, like so, uh, what's that? What's the website where you can put in like all your bag uh, and like see all the flight patterns and everything? Oh, I, I, it's I, like my, I don't remember exactly it's, it's what like, it is, but yeah, there, there's a website out there 
that has all the flight paths of all the different discs, yeah. and you can put your bag in, and it'll kind of show you the distance. I feel like it's speed. like my flight path or something. Yeah, like it's that. something like that. Um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, and and if not, actually, Robin might find it right now. So I put in all of the discs that are in my bag, trying to figure out like flight analyzer. Flight analyzer. There you go. Um, I, I don't know. I was on Reddit, and someone was like, "You know, I realized like my average disc speed is like six. Because I put all my discs in and averaged out. My average is like nine. Oh my god! I have a ridiculous, that's awful, stupid. Skewed. Well, it's I, so bad. I don't really think that's what my average is. I just made it no, up. No, there's no I way it's that bad. But let's see. Um, I carry, and I, and we won't go in the full in the bag. But I definitely have uh, three 14 speed discs. Already, you're up. Al- already, already have three 14 speed discs. I probably have another four 13s, and then like a 12, and that's my drivers. So I think that's, but then, but, so I also consider like nine and 10 speed discs, like fairway drivers, I don't that's, even think. Which is not Which accurate. is not true, but like Thunderbird in my mind is like a fairway driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I carry a Firebird right now, but yeah, I don't carry seven or six putters like robin does so that doesn't help my skew at all so i did the math on on mine okay and the average speed of of my bag is is 6.2 girlish well but you yeah but you carry a lot more mids and putters which, than i do which yeah. isn't a bad thing like your your <laughs> your bag is probably correct mine is is ridiculous um like i said i just like the super wide rim feels comfortable in my hand uh, and, and admittedly, like the courses we play regularly are a lot more open than, than other courses. Mm-hmm. Like if we played in an area where there's tons of wooded areas, like tunnel shots and stuff, my bag would be totally different. Mm-hmm. But because I can like, I don't have to quote unquote shape my shots really like a, a big hyzer takes care of a lot of the holes we play on. It's easy for me to pack my bag that way understandable and it is true that that if you've got a big hyzer line it's one of the most predictable shots in disc golf it's the easiest one to track the flight of it if you've got that line on a disc golf course you should probably take it but it would also behoove you to incorporate some other lines for when that's not totally. there totally. well because in a few weeks we're going to play de la viega which will bring us into the tournament that just happened but we're going to play de la yeah and i definitely <clears throat> I'm already starting to think about what my bag will look like, and it's going to look different. Like, there's no point. The all of those high speed drivers are not going to. Yeah, all they're going to do is needed. put you down a cliff. <clears throat> yep. Pretty much. So it's really going to be a lot more, with the exception of like three or four holes. <clears throat> no, to- and well, there. I mean, more than three or four. There's yeah. a lot of of big booming drives for me, anyways. Yeah. You know, there's drives that I'm going to step everyone. up. Well, yes, yeah. but there's also drives where I'm like, I'm going to have to like reach back and throw everything I have to get close to the circle. And then you watch footage and Macbeth through a Nova. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Joe is referring to what I think is hole six. Yeah, I think it's six. Five hole, or six. A hole, I think it's six. Six. It is at, six. At yep. De La Viega, which is a downhill hole that's about 400 feet. But it's it's fairly significantly downhill where where pretty much most of us are, you know, getting both cheeks into our best driver to get it down there. And Paul Macbeth throws a putter, and and out throws it, and, and goes over, and goes. <laughs> so, 
Pro problems. Paul McBeth problems. Yeah. But yeah, we are going to go down to De La Viega, which was the site of the Masters Cup this last weekend, which we're going to discuss in just a minute. But uh, we're going to go down there for Father's Day weekend and do what we call Father's Day Law. So if you're in the area and you want to play with us or show us how to how to play the course, because we've only played it four or five times, or let's see, what, three times? Yeah, this might be four. Yeah. It might be five. I don't know. No, it's probably four. So four sounds show good. us the ropes on your course so that maybe we, we do better than playing bogey golf all day. I mean, I played a decent round. I was only played. Just, <laughs> just saying. Um, Robin would have, but it was also his bachelor party, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. But we had fun. We had lots of fun. Yeah, we did. We did. So if you're in the area and you're interested or around, hit us up on one of our social media hits and and uh... yeah. And if you can't come out and play with us, like that's cool too. Um, listen, we're we're gonna be in Santa Cruz for the whole weekend. We're gonna drink some beers. We're gonna be around. Yeah. We'll we'll at least uh, try and catch you for a beer if if nothing else. So but we'd I... love to play with you. So Father's Day law. We think it should be a thing. Totally. I'm. It needs to be. Um, I'm, Why not? I'm surprised it hasn't gotten there more. Maybe we should. Maybe we should wrap that into this. Probably. We also have on this episode. We're going to be reviewing the Compass by Latitude sixty four, along with uh, Mission Brewery's Shipwrecked Double IPA, which is our disc and beer pairing, which we call the Deer Review on this segment. And we're going to give you a chance to win this beautiful. Uh, Latitude 64 Ricky Wysocki Compass, which is his signature mid-range disc. Opto. Yeah, his optoplastic mid-range disc. And we're going to give you a chance to win that. So we'll get details later on in this episode about that too. Uh, but for now, we figure we're going to talk about the disc golf action from the tournament this last weekend, which was the Masters Cup at De La Viega, a classic tournament with all the best players on the best course in the western United States. Possibly in the United States? I mean... We're biased. Yeah, exactly. I say we're biased. Like, I haven't played Maple Hill. There's lots other great Hill. courses. Like, we haven't there's played a, there's, Maple there's, Hill a, and... there's amazing courses. I haven't yeah. played Peter Pan or any of the ones like... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, any of the Kansas City but stuff. I, like, I think it's safe to say western United States, Dela's got it covered. It does, but also, like, you have to realize California... The sport kind of grew up in Southern California, so there's cool stuff down there. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like old, I don't even I don't even want to say old school. Just as far as cores go, there's just so many pieces of daylight that are so cool. Like mm-hmm. I said last week, it's like you don't hear people talk about any other course the way they talk about daylight. Mm-hmm. Like getting daylight is a thing. Like it's a known piece of disc golf, and you don't hear that anywhere else. You know, you don't get Maple Hill. Like, yeah. That's that's not a thing. Like Maybe d- when you throw it in the pond. Right, right. But but it's, it's you know. But, like, getting Daylight, and if you watch any of the coverage, like, you've heard it tons of times. Like, it's the truth. You can throw some of the greatest drives you've ever thrown mm-hmm. in your life and hit a twig the wrong way and yeah. roll out 75 feet down a hill in straight garbage and have no way out. Or your putt that just chained out and got up and rolled right. all the way down. Yeah, it presents a lot of challenges. There is a lot of what we call hard pan, which is is very hard soil that is 
that is on the surface there. It's almost like concrete in some sections where your disc will just get up and roll or it makes the approach so difficult because your disc doesn't hit the ground and stop like it would on grass or mm -hmm. softer ground. It hits and it could slide for 150 feet. Right, and that's and, but that's part of it too. Like you've got to know what you're dealing with and you'll see a lot of like great slide shots and skip shots mm -hmm. at Daylight because people that play it regularly – yeah, know what's up. you've got to play the ground and the approach in a lot of cases. There are multiple holes where the approach to the basket is in such a precarious spot where the hard pan soil could send you all the way down a ravine with what could be maybe a two foot difference in where your shot lands. You know, if you put it two foot shorter, it would sidle up and be fine, but you put it a little bit further than that and it's going down a ravine. So it's... It's Every time you say ravine, it makes me think about Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Just, just saying. <laughs> um, so, do you want me to continue saying ravine? Or... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I can I jump to my head. I couldn't help it. Canadian comedy. I know, and I and I like I don't know anything about Canadian comedy or Canadian action heroes. Like, I had to look up ravine. Like, I didn't. It didn't make really? any sense to me. No. Did it to you? Like, yeah, that's... totally. Oh. I feel like that's a pretty common word. No, but it, it was referencing like an action hero in Canada. Oh, no, I had no idea about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, no, I thought you meant like, you know, a valley. Like No, 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 no. <laughs> he was doing that like, because he was like badass, like, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Now you know. It's way different than you thought. <laughs> so anyways, um, I'm going to get, uh, like, I've already looked over at Robin's notes, so I'm going to beat him to the punch. Yes, I said Lazat is going to win. Listen, all I can tell you... Joe, you got to preface this a little bit as to... Well, listen, we were talking about the tournament, and I'm just trying to skip ahead. That, that doesn't really help, though, because we have to explain that last week's episode, we took specific players to place in certain places, and uh, I have. Why can you just let me just, like, knock this out, pull the Band-Aid <laughs> off, all right, finish up? Because it, it all has an order for a reason. Mm, yeah, jerk. So, last week, uh, Joe, you picked Paul McBeth to win. Yeah. Who did you pick to play second? Simon Lazat. Simon Lazat. <clears throat> and uh, who did you pick to place third? Nate Doss. Nate Doss. All right. Nate Doss is awesome. But, this time out. Before we finish this, if you listened to last week's episode, I took a quick stop and realized that I did not pick Waisaki for anything, and I tried to backpedal. I was denied, which is okay, which makes sense, because I already got there. But I pretty positive I made a case that I would have picked Waisaki, but I got kind of caught up in the moment with my love of Das and Lazat being on fire. Obviously, we didn't look to realize that Lazat wasn't playing. <laughs> so that takes a big chunk out of it. So Lazat has a 0% chance of finishing second. I feel like not picking Ricky Waisaki to place... He also had a 0% chance of uh, finishing last, so yeah, just okay. same. I feel like not picking Ricky Waisaki to place in a major tournament is kind of like leaving your house without pants. Uh, I've done that before. <laughs> uh, but I tried to go back. I realized far before you even brought his name up that I had made a huge and mistake. I, and I locked you outside without pants on. You did. You did. Yeah. Who did you pick for third? I picked Nico Locasco. Okay. Well, I feel slightly better now. Nah, well, I also picked the first two in order. Well, great. So, so I think which we're kind we'll get of, to next. I think we're kind but, of even on our season of picking, by the way. Because you close. also picked Jeremy Colling to place. That's true. That happened. Uh, and I pretty much nailed that tournament with 
uh, Sexton and and Lazat. So I think we're actually pretty even. So just saying. Now that the pissing contest is over, if you're looking for a job and you want to be the disc golf podcast stat corrections officer that keeps us in line, that'd be great. We'll send you uh, stickers from. Whoever sends us stickers. Exactly. But, but you can have stickers, for sure. If you uh, get us those stats, and they're in Joe's favor, we'll send you some stickers. But we'll, we'll circle back to the, uh, to the picks once we discuss the actual action that, that went down at the Masters Cup. So, spoilers, we are going to spoil the tournament. Right. If you haven't seen it yet. So, true. So, just tonight, as we're recording this, so we're recording it on Thursday, the 26th. Uh, a day later than we usually do, and uh, Disc Golf Guy just put up his coverage mm-hmm. like of the final minutes round. before we started recording. So if you don't know, uh, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you now should. you know. Joe and I are like I said, maybe we're your news source. Yeah, Joe and I are both uh, proponents of spoilers. We almost never are going to try to hide the uh, the results of a tournament so that we can watch it. On, on YouTube two weeks oh, later. Oh, yeah, we'll text each other like right away and be like, ah! I just can't handle Ricky. not being in tune with social media and having to like not look at my, my Twitter feed and things like that. I want to know who won. Also, PDGA Live Scoring, they post videos on mm-hmm. every hole of those leagues. It's terrific. It's like, it's as good as it gets, aside from perfect live coverage. Right. So, the winner of this tournament, in thrilling fashion was Ricky Waisaki, who jammed home a beautiful, had to be, what, 100 feet? Yeah. 100-foot putt with water directly behind the basket to win the tournament. So let's point out, before we get, like, uh, way into it, they did something different this year. They did. But I'm I'm still on the fence. Like, part of me is into it, part of me is not. Uh, They, so there's a, if you've ever been to De La, or if you haven't, I'll explain anyways, as you drive down, like uh, into like De La Viega Park, there's a golf course mm-hmm. that you drive through to the actual disc golf course. Yes. So they use the golf course, the ball golf course, yeah, and set up temporary baskets mm-hmm. for the tournament. So there were basically two full layouts. Uh, they used regular De La, and then they used this extended ball golf course yeah safari course essentially right right right. so they set up a, a temporary course on the golf course which they used for the final day now i really liked the the idea of adding that in as a twist but i felt it should have been the second round and that they should have had the final round be at the regular course so that you finish with the iconic top of the world hole and and play right. have the final round be decided at de la viega the totally the classic course. but who knows <clears throat> if if Rick would have missed that putt, and they went to a playoff, my hope is they would have moved to. I think they would have gone to hole one of of yeah. that uh, of that particular <clears throat> course. I don't. We'll never know, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I mean, a well, part yeah, of it too. I, we'll, but a part of it too is is um, there's a huge and, and great women's card too, and they had to kind of flop between the two. Is two mm-hmm. courses running basically two full tournaments, mm-hmm. um, which. Hey Robin, who do you think uh, won the women's? I mean, I know you know, but if if we we should you know we should start we should start picking the winners for women's. Yeah, I guess we don't really need to because it's become what last year was with yeah. the MPO, where it's like well Macbeth and who we're gonna pick to come yeah. later. Yeah, Joe's referring to Katrina Allen, who is just head and shoulders better than 
than every All other uh, yeah. female player yeah. out there so far this year. And there's and, great female play like yeah that's that's not at all talking down about the other women because they're amazing she is just nails yeah in every sense and i feel like last year is she did she win masters last year i'm not sure i think she i, I remember i think she had a, a i'm sure an she awesome well. time at de la i think she crushes de la uh, it, it would suit her skills with her the driving distance that that uh, she has. Well, I mean, it's Paige, um, though. She does well. But, I mean, Paige has done fine. So, she placed third. Let's, third, yeah. Okay. Last year in... Uh, oh, was it uh, Val and Paige? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, Paige Pierce, Val, Val Jenkins. Yeah. Okay, well, that all makes yeah. sense, too. Like, yeah. It's, it just, so, just like it's uh, Nate's home. Like, I feel like Val is pretty much at home mm-hmm. at De La, too. Uh, anyways, Katrina Allen though just uh... finished with a plus seven over over her uh, over her three rounds, which is really good. I mean, I I don't even that's want... that's like that's three rounds. That's compounding, you know. Like yeah. I I don't I don't even want to say what my three rounds at De La Viega would be. No, here's the thing: when you finish <laughs> playing De La, you talk about the one to hopefully four birdies that you got. <laughs> yeah. And that's all you talk about. Yeah. You don't you don't talk about everything else because you're still like plus twenty, but you got some really cool birdies. <laughs> you got the lady and maybe a few like lucky ones. Yeah. But and think... you're pumped on that. <laughs> it's a great course. You it's gotta get so out there. Awesome. If you come to the Bay Area or to California and you're gonna be anywhere near it, make the trip. It's a great course. Yep. And uh, you just gotta do it. But the real story of this tournament, I think, is the rivalry between Macbeth and, it's a real rivalry now. and Waisaki and the kind of ascension of Waisaki to meet the challenge and take down Macbeth in a close setting, in a close tournament where they were going in tied on the final hole and he makes a long birdie to win. I mean, it was just, it was classic. It was great action. I can't wait to watch everything uh, well, and, and edited. Do you, do you and, see he got a new nickname through it? <laughs> so he he was he was raincoat Ricky. Yeah. But he made that, <laughs> and he became Raptor Ricky. Yeah, the run up they called it rap the Raptor run up. Listen, if you have not listen, if 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 you don't know who well you know who won. If you paid into any social media, you've seen at least that snippet. Yeah. Of him nailing the putt, and if you haven't, you can find it very quickly and easily. Um, he nails the putt and just has like a long stride, mm-hmm. arms to the body, run up to grab his disc. <laughs> And I, I like Raptor Ricky. Yeah. But uh, Ricky Waisaki went into the final round, I think, back one stroke of Paul Macbeth and ended up closing that gap and taking the lead on the final hole. It was back and forth the entire round. Each player, uh, you know, Well, we also mentioned and... that, that Ricky came from the chase card in day two, mm-hmm. um, which is up on CCDG, the, the chase yeah. card. Listen, Ricky like bogeyed three times or mm-hmm. four times, and still was like Shot nine eleven down. under eleven right eleven ridiculous. Under. Yeah, he made insane putts, but also his just his drives were so money. Like yeah, everything he's doing is legit. And I and I and I'm gonna I'll probably like come back to it every week forever. But I brought it up I don't know months ago, and by months I mean like a month ago because this podcast isn't that old. He's over a year 
in Trilogy. He knows the discs yeah. way better. He knows what's happening. That is a big piece of my mind of the Ascension of Ricky. Mm-hmm. But another piece, and he talked about it, so Latitude put up there like uh, a video like of him interviewing, and his confidence just seems way up. Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, in the past, I've kind of said, oh, pros are pros. They can change plastic and win. I think I was wrong. I think you're right. I think he's he's finally gotten these used to these discs, and you're seeing him using the same ones, like the same three, four discs on a lot of different holes. And he, I think he's got certain ones beat the way he likes yep. them. He's got favorites now, and they're doing exactly what he wants. And they're layered, and he knows, yep. you know, if this one starts to do this, I got another one to get in. Uh, I think so. Because I, I think that, that a couple years ago with Prodigy, he reached that same level briefly. Are there so here's a, a crazy question. That's not crazy. Um as far as I know, and I could be totally wrong and, and please correct me on social media if you guys know, or Robin if, if you do, but I don't think you do. Does anybody in uh Prodigy have like signature like discs? I think so, yes. Is there like oh the uh the D five is a is a shoestrick original um, I, I know they do have they have their their pro discs and their signature discs. Yeah, I mean definitely. But I feel like when you watch, like everyone throws a D one, everyone throws like yeah. And I don't know that I've ever seen someone's name on a Prodigy disc. I think they come through. Mm, okay, I mean I think there's team stamped ones, but I don't know. You know, like all I'm saying is like he found a brand. He found uh, a company that helped him make a disc specifically for him. Yeah. That we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. And I don't feel like that happened with, with Prodigy. Prodigy. And I think that's like, I think that's a piece too. You find, obviously it's Trilogy, so there's like a million different discs to choose from. But also when it's a company that's so invested in you that you can tell them the specifics that you want out of a disc. And they make it for you and make it pretty. I think that's that's a part of it. You know, when you get a feel exactly what you want it to be and you're rolling, like that's that's a big deal. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's more that what you were saying initially, though, rather than having his name on a disc is just getting to know the yeah. plastic. Um, so, but it, it's, it's obvious that he's playing at a very high level. Yep. And it... What's more obvious is that Ricky Wysocki and Paul McBeth are playing at a considerably higher level. It's it's totally true, than... and I feel like I've uh, we I don't know. Paul's gotten second in like everything. Like Paul is still by like a stroke. He's still. But well, that's what I'm saying. Like he's playing out of his mind. He's he still is. playing super yeah. well and amazing. It's just so different from it being like him being head and shoulders above everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, even myself, like, I've taken away a little bit of Paul being like, well, he's not as good as he was. And I don't think that's the truth. I think no, it's he, not. I think he is as good as he has been. Yeah. Others are stepping up. And it's also taken some really amazing shots to do it. Yeah. Ricky making that huge putt to beat him. I mean, and then he was left with, like, a 40-footer that he had to make. Um, Which, I, I'm not the only one who was blown away he didn't hit it. Yeah, I thought he was going to make it. Uh, we, everyone um, did. He, he probably thought he would. So... Uh, and and then prior to that at Kanapiste, uh, where Simon Lazat, it wasn't to end the round, but 
he was down two strokes with two to play or something like that, and he ended up hitting an approach shot from behind a bush, you know, with a putter. It was like this Anheuser prayer shot, completely blind, yep. that, that, you know, helped him pick up the extra strokes to to uh, end force up tying and force yeah. a playoff. So it, it, some pretty amazing shots have, have taken him down, and, and uh, I don't think it's a level play. He's obviously, by his rating, is... Still one of the the highest rated player at at ten fifty six, so he's still playing out of his mind. But there is competition that is rising to beat him, and just like they say with with the champions and other sports, where where your competition wants to take you down, it, there's probably a little bit of that. He's he's probably seeing he's a hunted right now for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I so, totally get it, and. Uh... And he also, I think, naively made the mistake of calling out his competition. He did, uh, you know, in earlier that, in the year, right? earlier in the year, in that LA Times article. I don't think he realized the what he was doing at the time, and I don't think he'll ever do it again. But uh, when he when he called out his competition, not necessarily called them out because I don't think he was thinking of it that way at the time, but but he definitely slighted his competition. Yep, and it got out, and they heard it, and I think that. That that is motivation for these guys. When you're a professional athlete, and someone says something about your game, you want to prove them wrong. Even when you're not a professional athlete, even when you're just regular. Oh, totally. So, like when I when I'm not on the course, and Robin's like, "Oh, you got a power grip of mid range to get this distance," which I don't do. Like I can't. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> I'll step up in the box, and be like, "No, you're wrong. I'm gonna fan grip this, and I'm gonna bomb it." And, and I did maybe at least once. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's part of the jam. That's part of the deal. And I think that's, it's super cool. Like, um, it brings excitement back in. And, and, I mean, I was excited last year. It was awesome. I loved watching disc golf. I'm, I'm hooked. But, I mean, at the start of this year, when I mean, probably the start of this podcast, we talked about when we started doing our picks for tournaments, it was like, well, Paul's first, and then let's talk about yeah, who's next. Two, three, four, but that's not what it is anymore. Like no. we really can talk about things shifting, mm-hmm. um, and part of that. So we started a few weeks ago is talking about our kind of overall world disc golf ratings, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that next. But we still need to cover who else was who played in this tournament. Oh yeah. Um, and well, listen. I sorry. That's why I moved quick because it was pretty much it was it was Ricky and Paul. Like no one else was really close. Yeah, but we still saw. I mean, they also played incredible rounds. Had very high scoring rounds. Multiple very high scoring rounds. And but there was some other really great play. I felt you know Greg Barsby, who hasn't been playing in a lot of tournaments of late, came back and threw a sixteen down over his course, and it was great to see Greg Barsby back and playing. And if you don't know, Barsby is famous for his whole four, yeah, forehand roller ace, yeah, which is which is insane. Nuts. So I think so. We talked about we played uh, De La three times prior to this. Mm-hmm. And I have tried that forehand roller two of the three times mm-hmm. and stayed in bounds each time. Yeah. Well, the, the nice thing about the forehand roller is it goes up to the left. It does. So, um, I did it that was so too. funny. The last time I did it, too, I, I, I totally thought I was all the way down the hill and went searching for like eight or nine minutes 
and after giving up, started walking back up and found my disc, <laughs> like, in the fairway. Yeah. Um, but it's also a scary enough shot that watching people do it this weekend, I'm totally not going to ever throw that again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what... No, it's fine. If, if you can get it up <sighs> to the left, you have an open approach shot on that. Hole. It is, but I couldn't tell you the last time I even tried a forehand roller, yeah, so, like, yeah. that confidence is, is shot. To be honest, the forehand roller for me is kind of a close range get out of jail yep. shot. Yep. Like I use totally. it you know, when I'm behind mm-hmm. something and I need to yep. curl, curl my. Yeah, I'm not about to try and drive it because yeah. the thing is too like. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not. But I mean, it's <laughs> it's a useful shot. It is. It totally is. So it's nice to see Barsby, who has not done a lot of tournament action of late, uh, and have him go out and play a good round on a course he knows very well. You uh, also and- played super cool. At Eric, least at De La De La. Eric McCabe was fun to watch. He was nails. Yeah. I, I dug watching him play. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I, I haven't uh, shied away from saying this at all. So I listen to Disc Golf Answer Man. I like the podcast. And I think a big piece that got me into listening to it is McCabe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he comes across as like the old pro. Like I've, I've been there. I've done that. Uh, like consistent player. And he showed it. But he was legit. Like great putting. At least CCDG, the, the second round, uh, backhand anyways, he shaped his shots incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And he, he was putting nails as he always. He was. He was so accurate, and I'm sure he was throwing that uh, EMAC truth, which we what last week talked about. Um, mm-hmm. He just, it, the shot shaping was amazing. Yeah. You could tell he knew what he was doing. He's been on that course. Um, consummate pro. It was really cool to watch him. Yeah. Do do his thing. Yeah, and then uh, Steve Rico also was was it was great to see him. He had a had a really hot first round, um, and and then kind of had his second round was kind of his undoing. It was, but, and it was it was like the Rico that you never see. Yeah, it was it was not putting. Yeah, it was missing. Putts. Gr- granted, this is uh, this is Rico putting. Yeah, you know, like. 40, yeah, 40 foot So, like, putts. he missed some 40 footers. Right. <laughs> Which you don't see, though. Yeah. Like, he usually, I don't know, in my mind, within 50, he's pretty nails. He is. He, he is. just, he's got his crazy form that's that's Rico. Like, no one else does what he does with that form, but he jams it in always. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, on Dela, like these home <clears throat> California courts, and, and they just weren't dropping. So, I don't know yeah. what was up. Um, but it was a lot of fun to watch those it totally players. Was. Eagle McMahon placed fourth. Then Peter McBride came in fifth. Uh, Paul Uliberry came in in a tie for sixth with Jeremy Colling and Steve Rico. Which is cool to see Colling and Uliberry because yeah. since the start of the year, they've kind of been cold in my mind. Like, I haven't yeah. heard a lot about either of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like they might be doing that uh, kind of what Nico did last year, kind of under the radar, kind of smaller tournaments and dominating. And maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. Um, but it's it's good to see their names up there. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Dustin Keegan and Eric McCabe came in tied for ninth. So that was uh, rounding out your top ten there at the tournament. Right. I think part of it, too, was, like we said, that extended ball golf course mm-hmm. might have been slightly undoing. Because I, f- I feel like McCabe, watching him play De La De La in the second round, if he played De La all three, and maybe Rico, too, I don't know, Yeah, th- they would have... Had lower well, scores. No, Rico's second round was at the classic De La Viega course, which was what undid him. That's he true. Had, he had that a great. That's true. He, That's totally he true. He threw a great. He threw round. the hot round at the. Yeah, no, not at at the 
at the golf course. No, one. first round though. The he first round, yeah, threw he the did. Hot round. Um, but but then he his he threw a seventy three in round two, and then in round three at the at the safari course he threw a fifty eight. Uh, Uliberry threw a forty eight, which I believe was the hot round. For oh that course. wow, that's awesome! Yeah, so good, he, good on you, Uli. He was he had a he had a heck of a day in in round in round three to to come in and jump from not even you know a chase card or anything. He was couple cards out most likely from there to come in place so that was great and just all around exciting action you know great coverage great video it was it was eerily colder and windier there than it normally was normally it's almost like summer type weather and it looked to be chilly and windy and cloudy i don't want wind but i'm i really do want clouds and cooler when we play father's (laughs) day la normally it's a long course man and and, uh, it gets hot if you've seen any pictures of us on social media or anywhere else uh we're not the smallest guys (laughs) and uh i'll speak for myself not for robin i'm not the most in shape dude so it's you know just walking the course is you know Need some fitness. It's a it's you want a workout. Me to get you like a scooter or something or like a. Did you shut up? <laughs> You're gonna be right there with me, Dick. Well, it's you, tiring. You're complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying it's so awesome, and I feel like once you get like we're gonna play the full layout. Like we're not gonna cut out the holes they do for the tournament, yeah. but once you're past like hole twenty, it's like the adrenaline and being stoked to be on Dela. Yeah. That pushes you through the rest. Yeah. So I think this is the perfect time to get into our picks and, and how that worked out. We already started it. No, we already talked about it. Let's move past. We already figured it out. Robin, you you got the good picks. I didn't have great picks. It's just a recap, you know, to, to let the people know how, how it went. And everything. No, you're good. <clears throat> recap, Joe picked Simon Lozada who didn't play. Robin picked Ricky Waisaki to take down Macbeth in those one, two spots. And then kind of, you know... Wet the bed a little bit, picking Nicola Castro to, to play. And there's third. listen, he did not get third, but there, I will never take back picking Das. Yeah, no, Das is great. That's home course. He's the man. He is. He is. Someday, we that's like my new, my new, uh, my new dream, because of uh, we've already said on the podcast. We've met my biggest two goals with this podcast. We got some plastic for free, which we're actually ultimately turn over mm-hmm. to you all. From InfiniteDiscs.com. Go there for all your discs. DG Podcast is the, the code. Get, to get 10%, 10% off. Uh, anyway, so we got free discs from them. Hopefully we can continue that. By the way, if you buy discs and use that code, that helps us get more plastic that ultimately we will send to you yeah. anyways. Free discs for us means free discs for you because we're going to turn it all over. And uh, right. especially even the disc we're reviewing tonight, we're going to give away. And uh, all right, courtesy so that's, of Infinite Discs. Right. So, so, so that's one, free plastic. Two, um, not for every one of these, but we're starting to get free beer. So we did get some, some beer from Bear Republic. Mm-hmm. You'll see some posts from that. So Bear Republic yeah. sent us a good amount of great beer. And Bear Republic stamped discs. And they're legit. Like, yeah. they're super cool discs that Ron and I ultimately are going to send out to you guys. But we had to have some conversations about whether we wanted to keep them or not. Because we really <laughs> did. Because they're some sweet discs. Um, and when there's a few other breweries that are selling beer, so we got free beer, free discs. Like those are two check marks off. Like mm-hmm. podcast totally worth it. We're doing like I'm meeting goals. Yeah, I've decided my third goal. Like I don't even know if I need to hang out with him. I want to at least like crack a beer and take a sip 
when they die. Gotcha. You just like want a snippet of his hair or like. No, I don't care about that. <laughs> I like want to cheers with him and like take a sip of beer, and I'll I'll be set <laughs> in my disc golf life. Joe's Joe's Doss man crush. Just I d- he's listen. He's part of a brewery. He just misses his musk. He's a legit disc golfer. He's he now represents Oregon, but he's a he's a California guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks eerily like Matt Cain. He does. Who is a San Francisco Giants pitcher? Matt Cain, Nate Doss, separated at birth. Uh, he threw a perfect game. Yep, it's pretty pretty awesome. Nate Doss has a, a Sports Center top ten ace, so I think that counts. That's kind of like totally. A, that's kind of like a disc golf perfect game. Right, right. So, anyways, I'm I've, pretty I've, sure there are more perfect games than there are Sports Center top tens. So far. Yeah. So, so far. far. <laughs> it's going to so, come. I'm going to win that bet. Coming up next in the disc golf schedule, starting tomorrow or today, for those of you who are listening, if you listen on Friday when this podcast comes out, the St. Jude uh, Disc Golf Charity Invitational, mm-hmm. uh, which is in Seaside, California. It, so not too far from Santa Cruz. Yeah. is starting up and... That's the the biggest tournament with all the biggest names that's going on this weekend. So Ricky Wysocki, Nico LoCastro, Nate Sexton, Nate Doss, Will Schusterick, Jeremy Colling, Eagle, Eagle McMahon, Steve Rico, Philo, just to name some of the top names. Uh, you you cut off a little early. There's also James Proctor, who's our local guy. Yeah, that's true. So you got to at least shout out James Proctor. Yeah. James Proctor is from Ronert Park, which is... Very, very close to our hometown. Which is pretty much where we have to go. The closest disc golf course to yeah, us is Ronald pretty Park. close. <clears throat> so that's that's your best action. Also, disc golf for a cause. I think I saw that so far they've raised something like 150000 or something like that uh, for charity for the, the St. Good. Jude's uh, Cancer that's Research. Awesome. That's so awesome. that's amazing. Terrific cause. Thanks to you if you, you help donate to that cause. Um, but a, a great course and a sorry a great tournament and a great show for disc golf to go and put that on for charity. Totally, so. totally. All right, so you start this week. What's your number three? My number. Who's, th- who's coming in third? Oh, okay. Right, our, we're picking right. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna pick our our top three finish for this tournament, and I'm gonna go with number three as. I'm going to go Sexton. Nate Sexton's coming in third. I'm going to go Nate Doss. <laughs> Joe, two weeks in a row picking yep, yep. Nate Doss to come in third. Listen, you, you say it enough times, it's going to happen. All right, fair all enough. Right, all right, who's number two? Number two is going to be Will Schusterick. Because I feel like I haven't said his name in a while, and I want to. Uh, cool. I'm going to go Sexton. Okay. That's, that's totally possible. Totally possible. Uh, who's Number one, we both know Ricky Wysocki. Yeah, done. Ricky Wysocki is on fire, winning everything he shows up to, and and he is. There's just no way he's going to win, right? Yeah. Like I mean, it's for charity. Obviously, there's no purse. Um, I think he'll still win. I know this is like the one, like loss that stuck out to me last year. Um, with uh. Macbeth was St. Jude's. He didn't win. We're kind of blown away, but yeah. I think it's more casual. It's more fun because it's for charity. Mm-hmm. So you know, an upset could be an upset, but really not an upset in the minds of the disc golfers. Yeah, I still think he's gonna win. Mm-hmm. He's nails, and I feel like even him messing around, like he'll he'll take care of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
And Lasat's not playing, so I won't pick him for anything. <laughs> and neither is Macbeth, apparently. Yeah, I know. He, so. his, his back, you know, has been bothering him this year, so I know I saw yeah. a post that he yep. uh, bowed out of that to give himself some time because what's coming up? Oh, After the, that, sorry, the European Open. Right, which is Disc Golf World yeah. Tour, another piece of that, which so. he's definitely going to be a part of, so I think he, in preparation for that, has taken that yeah. week off. So the the European Open, which will be a great tournament. I actually ordered the European Open fundraiser disc PDX. Times which two. I, which I spent way too much money on, but I got seduced by the beautiful stamp. I know, it's so cool, and I like, and you like sent me a message like, you better get it now. Uh, and and it, it was true, I had to like try and check out like four times. I kept getting booted because I think there's a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had it in my cart, I was ready to go, you know, it was like 1999. I was like, whatever, like, that's cool. Uh, and then like, as I went to like check out, it was like, Seven ninety nine for shipping, and I was like, "Dude, twenty eight dollars." Yeah, and and the thing is, like, I was seduced by the stamp, and then I like, looked at the numbers, and I, I was think you're like, gonna like the PDX too. I know, and you got two. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you throw it. Yes, you are. Shut up. <laughs> you're a liar. Because we'll probably review it at some point on this, and I'll get to throw it, and then I'll seduce you with the disc that I own that you want, and the, ultimately the, I'll have one if I want one. The the sad part is that they Discmania has not put out any indication that there's more PDX releases coming. So the PDX is kind of a tweener between the PD2 and the PD. So it's the PD being their their uh, the PD2 being their most stable. The PD being a more, you know, straight to, to stable, and the PDX is supposed to be right in right, between right. those two. So if the and PD2 is just too much of a meat hook for you, and uh, maybe your your PDs are turning a little bit, the PDX is supposed to be that tweener. But they they're basically came out and said that they don't have any other planned runs for the PDX. Well, they say that, but you so, know, if, if they sell out in minutes yeah. like they did with the uh, DDX... yeah. They're going to release more. Yeah. So now that we're talking about discs, I think it's time that we do our world-famous Deer Review segment. No, before we get there, and I alluded to this earlier, I want to go through your top three in the world. Because last time we talked about it, you said Paul Macbeth is still the best. Okay. Our, our top three in the world? Yeah. Uh, okay, our... our our top three power rankings. Yeah. So, for me, I think three is Lazat. Okay, I agree. Two, I say, is Macbeth. I agree. All right, and then Ricky, number one. Yeah. All right, well, consensus. And now we can move on. Okay. Uh, so, now it's time for our world-famous deer review segment, which is where we review a disc and a beer together. We try to pair them together so that the... Type of beer and the name of the disc go together. And today we have the Compass, the Latitude 64 Opto Compass, the Saki Bomb signature mid-range disc, along with Mission Brewery's Shipwrecked IPA, which we're guessing if they had this this disc with them, they wouldn't have wrecked their ship. Right. Or if you shecked, if you wrecked your ship, you know, you need a compass to get out of there. So they, they kind of go together. Yeah, exactly. It's a nautical... Compass. Yeah. I guess you, the compass doesn't have to be nautical, but for this case, it is. I guess it is. I, yeah, that's true. I mean, I never really thought about it, but I, you know, that's where it goes in my mind when I think about a compass. Yeah, absolutely. 
and and then Mission Brewery Shipwreck Double IPA, which the ones we just happened to get come in thirty-two ounce cans. I don't think I've seen it in anything else. I think it's like the way you can get. This I think beer. it's this way or draft. So. Yeah. So a thirty-two ounce can is all you think it is when you hear that. It's a big ass can. It's a big giant can full of what nine point two. Yep. Yeah, our nine point two five percent beer. Yep. Uh, the can is pretty much as big as my head. It's gigantic. Well, not not my head's like extra gigantic, but uh, it's 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 like my cap. Like it, it's a giant ass beer, and it's good. It's a double IPA. As you know, we kind of uh, have gone through big hoppy, bitter, high alcohol beers. That's kind of our jam. And this kind of fits in that mold really well. Being a DEPA, a double IPA, it is very strong. I, this one, I, I read before when I had it that that if you have this beer too cold, the flavor can be a little harsh. So it's definitely one you take out of the fridge and let warm up just a tad bit. You don't want to get room temperature quite, but but you're going to get a smoother flavor out of it. And that's my as jam. it warms up a little bit. Joe loves I warm get, beer. I get the, everyone talks shit to me all the time. I don't, it's not warm. It's like just below room temperature. It's perfect. You can drink it easily. It doesn't. Uh, that may be true of some things. Hurt your teeth. But Bud Light is not one of those things. No, Bud Light, you can do room temperature. You can do cold. Oh. Just, listen, oh. I can just knock one of those down on like a sip. It's oh, good. Collective vomit. You know what? I probably haven't had a Bud Light or water beer in a really long time. That's, that's, that's great. That's good to know. Because, oh my God. I can't even. I, like a room temperature Bud Light? Oh. Eh. That's terrible. That's pretty much craft beer sacrilege. Like for me, like when I drink water, like I don't like ice cold water. Like I'd rather just have like a water bottle that's been in my like kitchen. Fair enough. I feel like it hydrates me better that way. And pretty much <laughs> when I drink like water beer, it's it's for hydration, which it's, it shouldn't be. Uh, like that's not what it's there for. But like in my mind, I'm like, ugh, I'm dehydrated. Let me knock back a, a Coors. That sounds like 100% sound science. <laughs> right. I'm happy you said science. I thought you were going to say alcoholism, so <laughs> I feel better. Well, you know. Nope, just leave it there. Okay. Just leave it there. It's science. We'll just go with science. Because science. Because science. That makes complete sense. So, double IPA, it's a little got a little bit of a drying finish to it. It is... Right, and it's really that finish. Yeah. It's fairly smooth, a, a little bit malty. It's like any IPA or hoppy beer, you're going to get the kind of citrusy flavors mm-hmm. from it, like grapefruit, something along those lines. Um, it does foam up a little bit. It's kind of an amber-toned beer yep. uh, beer as well. Uh, it's a good beer. It's it's not a terrific beer, but it's very good, uh, strong, so it's going to gonna do work for you. Yep, yep. Well, that's, like I said, it's uh, on the tongue, it's, it's pretty smooth, and then the bitter hits at the end. Uh, I think, in all honesty, you know, that 32-ounce can is a selling point. It's pretty cool to buy a giant can and know you're set <laughs> for a little bit with this beer. And before we get too far into this beer and get to the point where we are too drunk to review the Compass because it's 9.2% beer, we should probably get to talking about, the about compass, yeah. this terrific mid-range disc by Latitude 64. That we're going to give away to you. We are going to give away, and we'll give details Coming up as to how you can win this disc. But for now, this is the Latitude 64 Compass, which is a speed of 5, a glide of 5, a turn of 0, and a fade of 1. 
And this is, the one we have is white. It's in the optoplastic, which is kind of a semi-transparent white plastic. It's got a pretty cool sparkle, like green yeah. stamp. It's got a nice kind of nautical compass stamp on it that's got a sparkle Yeah, so stamp. it's a Saki Bomb stamp. Mm-hmm. Saki Bomb's logo is on it. It's his signature. This is a stable, straight-flying mid-range disc. This is the one that, that you really can build around your bag in multiple levels. Great right. disc. And I'll call it overstable. Um, yeah? I, I will. I will because uh, I'm. it's a mid-range. Mm-hmm. So obviously um, it's a speed five. So if you super crank, you can turn over. Mm-hmm. Like that's how speed goes. And we've talked about it before. But the speed is based on uh, arm speed. Or mm-hmm. all of the numbers past speed are based on... That first number. Uh, but I I mean, I cranked it. Like, I uh, I actually, and I don't want to admit it, but I'll be honest, I power gripped it a few times uh-huh. and super cranked on it. And I could get it to flip flat, but it wasn't really turning mm-hmm. over on me. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't going right. And I think I maybe threw it on an Annie um, a couple times. And I'll be honest, it wasn't fully on purpose. <laughs> And it would glide on that line pretty yeah. well, but it, it came back. I, I agree with you on that. I, I, when I was throwing it, it, it was not going to take a line. It, you know, if it was going right, that was because I anhyzered it. Right. And when I threw it flat, it went straight out and had a nice finish. And if I threw it on a hyzer line, it would hold it. So it was not something that was coming out of my hand and turning and holding a turnover line. It's, it's very much a straight-flying, stable disc that... That is in this plastic specifically, you know, very durable and good for for kind of your multi-purpose mid-range line. I mean, it's it's obvious. Ricky Waisaki was throwing it a lot this last weekend. It's a it's obvious why it's it's a great disc comparable totally. to the your buzzes and the truth that we reviewed. They're all those three discs. I think they're they're very similar. The feel right. is similar. They feel similar. I think this is more stable than. Uh, the Emac truth. It is. I agree. Because I could I could snap that truth and it would it would turn. This to me is is more like a, a fresh buzz mm-hmm. in terms of the stability where where you know you have to beat it in a little bit. Whereas that Emac truth, you know, there was a couple of times where at full power you could get a little bit of that high speed turn out of it. Yep. Um, it's not wasn't turning over by any means, but this disc was a little bit more stable than that. Um, great disc. I also did some forehand lines with it, yeah. and was able to get some nice straight forehands out of it with that with a little bit of late fade. But for the most part, it was with the forehand line for me. I was getting it to come out, go straight, kind of turn a little bit to the left for right. a right-handed forehand right. throw, and then it finished almost dead straight ahead um, on on uh, driving forehand throws. And then you know you could get it to to fade pretty well for kind of get out of trouble forehands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's a really great disc. I really enjoyed it. Were I not a, a just strident buzz thrower, this, just like the truth that we re- reviewed before, I think would be a terrific addition for anyone's bag. And yeah. Had we not decided to raffle this off, I probably would have tried to keep it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I really, I really dug it. So I guess I call it oversable just in the sense of... Um, like I have like a gauge, a legacy gauge. I have I have discs that are like the zero turn that if I really rip, they're gonna finish 
straight. Like they're not going to have a big fade. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has a zero fade, but I, I don't feel, feel like that zero is, is really true. Yeah. Um, it's going to fade. It's going to come back left. And maybe it's just one that we have. I don't know. I mean, I've looked at other reviews and, and others have said different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really dug it. So one thing I will say, so we, uh, we've done like the know your plastic thing a few times. And I don't know Latitude Plastic really well, but I think I went on the assumption, and I probably would have told you prior to last week that Opto is the same as Fusion, mm-hmm. um, is the same as Champion, like this stiff, like mm-hmm. premium plastic. And this is Opto, and it's it's not stiff. It's actually, it's pretty like rubbery. It's Yeah, it's pliable. It's super pliable, and it's not like over the top. It doesn't wiggle in your hand if you yeah. flop the disc back and yeah. forth, but it's way more pliable than I would have expected for Opto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I own any uh, Latitude Opto plastic. No. So. Um, um, yeah. Probably, I guess not. I mean, I do. I, I think I have an Opto Havoc right. running yeah, around you do. somewhere. You do, yeah. And uh, a couple other things. But, uh, but yeah, I, I've used the Opto plastic before, and I, I understand the. it's slightly more flexible. It also came out in the last couple of days that they're now producing this uh, compass in the moonshine, the glow. Right, which this almost looks like the moonshine. The glow like plastic. The one I'm holding looks like it should right. be Right, if, 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 if I gave it to someone and said, hey, it's moonshine, they'd believe it. Until they got home and were like, and it didn't hey. Glow. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it feels really good. Uh, it's, it's beadless. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty flat. Mm-hmm. It's pretty darn flat. The stamp's tight, and I, I I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I super dig the Saki Bomb stamp. Mm-hmm. I think it's super aesthetically pleasing. I really like just how it looks. Yeah, and this particular stamp is almost like a glitter stamp, so it's got it's got some very interesting uh, you know variation to it as you rotate the disc in the sun. Yeah, which one of you lucky people could have in your hand? Robin, and do how, so yourself? how could they do that? So. On one of our, our uh, social media platforms, either Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, we are going to throw out a picture of this disc with the contest. So this will be an open contest to any of our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook followers. But for you that are listening right now, we're going to give you a chance to double your entries. So here's what's going to go. I'm going to put this out to Instagram and Twitter asking you to like us, like the post, follow it, and either retweet it repost it or repost it but if you comment on that post something about this podcast or pm us something about this podcast on twitter facebook i will double your entries right so you will have two instead of the one of the people that just saw it on our social media accounts and decided to try and win it so by listening to this podcast you will have twice the chance to win this disc it will be a random draw based on that, so I'll put your name in twice, and you'll have a shot to get this beautiful Latitude 64 Compass, which could be your favorite mid-range disc. I, it's super, super plausible for it to be your favorite, especially yeah. if you're kind of in that realm where you have a few that you really like, but nothing's really uh, solidified that piece in your bag. This could easily be it. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Robin? We can keep this rolling through Sunday or all the way through next? I'm going to keep this rolling all the way through the next podcast. All right. From there. And this is, by the way, all brought to you by InfiniteDiscs.com, yes. which is the best disc golf marketplace out there. They have the best prices. It really is. 
fast shipping. You can look at the exact disc you're that's, ordering. I think that's the best part about it, really. So when you go, you're not just saying, oh, I want a, a blue 173 gram. You are looking at the exact blue 173 gram. Well, plus gram that disc. I want a blue one doesn't mean that they have a blue and you're going to get it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest. I've bought a lot of discs <clears> through Amazon and uh, not known all what color or stamp or anything I'm going to get. But really, Infinite Disc has it nailed because you look an exact picture of the mm -hmm. disc that you're purchasing and what's coming to you. So, great infinite disc. And if you don't happen to win this disc, you can also use our 10% off promo code DGPODCAST, which is on the infinite disc site, to get 10% off your entire order. Go ahead and use that right. now, and maybe you get the disc also. And that's only going to go through uh, the end of June. So, use it now. It's going to go away. So, just to clarify, I am going to post this contest to our social media pages and there will be instructions on that post. The podcast instructions are to comment on one of our three main social media pages, which are either Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and just tell me something you like about the podcast, and I will double your or, entry. Or, or reference something we talked about. Yeah. Um, whatever. Just make a comment so we know you listen, and, exactly. uh, and we'll add you in. Exactly, and you'll get a second entry giving you... Uh, Twice as many chances to win. That's right. So, um, so again, let's... infinitedisc.com. Check them out. That's the reason we were able hey, to do and, this. Hey, and, and listen, I'm not going to apologize for all the time we're plugging Infinitedisc because they hooked us up, and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate it, and not only are they helping us out, they're helping you out. Yeah. Um, but to move forward, we gotta we got to rate these guys. So, as far as the beer, mm -hmm. it's good. I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna it's drink a great it again. beer. Yeah. But it comes in a giant ass can. <laughs> like listen, like if you find this or you find a picture online, it's a giant ass can. It is. Like it doesn't really fit in my bag. It's nine point two five percent. So I think we I think I've I've qualified this in the past that I'll drink kind of a higher alcohol beer if I can get it usually like in a mm. sixteen ounce can. Uh huh. Cause I know I can kind of like watch how much I'm drinking. And this is double that, which kind of takes away that whole piece. I, I'm not going to breathe this on the course. I'm it's, pretty sure it would throw my back out if I tried to put it in with my disc. I'm pretty sure I'll get through eight holes and yeah. and fall asleep on the course. Probably. <laughs> it, it's Listen, it's good. I'm saying go out and get it and drink it. Maybe split it with a friend. Yeah. It depends on how big you are. If you try to drink this on the course, you're going to be hobo drunk by yeah. the end of it. Yeah. So I'm not going to bring it up. Let's be honest. As far as the compass, I dig it. Me um, too. But Me because too. we're going to give this away to you all, it won't go in my bag. And I really, I I tend to fall in love. I think all the mid-ranges I throw for this mm -hmm. podcast, I like, me I too. dig and they just work for me. But I, I have very comparable discs. Mm -hmm. um, I brought it out with a whole bunch of putters and mid-ranges when I threw it. And it's really similar. And I think the pretty factor kind of got to my head. I don't, I mean, we're going to give this away. I'm not planning to go out and buy one and put it yeah. in my bag. I might buy a moonshine one just because that's I, true. Because I love glue plastic, and I might at some point. It's cool. Like I, I mean, it's not out of the realm, but currently it's not something that I'm gonna bag. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for me, it has more to do with the fact that I'm very entrenched in my uh, my buzz world. 
So, but it's very similar, and it has a great use. This is this is a, a very good mid-range disc, and you can trust it on powerful throws. That's a great thing it's to have. It's totally true. In, I mean, I, in a, I, in a I rip disc. this thing. To know that you can throw it really hard and get that great glide out of a, out of a low-speed disc like that and not have to worry about cranking it into the ground, um, that, that's a great quality in a disc like this. So... Check out the Compass if you're looking, if you're on the fence in your mid-range game and you're looking for something. Uh, this is a great mid-range. For me, it worked both forehand and backhand. I really got great lines out of it, which with some mid-ranges, uh, the, the forehand can be a little bit tougher to work with. Well, that can but, be where you really find out yeah. what it's about. So, I, definitely check out the Compass. Great disc, and I, I can see why Ricky likes it, and... I just watched him in the, in the second round of De La Viega on, I believe, hole, uh, hole seven or eight, I want to say, which is a, a downhill, a hole that goes out flat and then downhill, and he pumped his compass out like 400 feet and parked it. So, <laughs> he was, uh, I don't you know, know Ricky Wysocki probably. Uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know if there's a mid-range that exists that I'll get out to 400. No, I mean, just put some downhill, sure. Like... The top of the world downhill? No, come on. <laughs> you don't need that much. No, but it's it's a great disc. I'm not gonna bag it. Yeah. Uh same thing. Am I. beer is really good. I'm not I'm not taking that on the course. Man, so we're not gonna take the beer on the course and we're not going to bag the compass, even though we like it. So how do you rate this? Ooh. That's rough. Like they're they're really good, but not good enough. Is this a chain out? Yes, it's a chain out. I mean, it's all four out. So yeah, it's a chain out. All right. So for us, this dis- this is like the toughest chain out we've had. I know this is bad, but it's true. But it's but like we're not trying to pump it up uh, for for your listens or ratings. You do want this disc, yeah. You you really do. I agree. Um, if you're looking for for a mid range disc to to fill a slot in your bag, it, it's a great disc. I love the plastic, obviously, by Latitude 64. You know what? There's a lot of people, too, and I don't really agree with this mentality, uh, to be honest. But I get it. Like, if it's your jam. Like, there's a lot of people who um, decide they want to stay with, like, one company. You know, mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of players out there like, I throw yeah. Trilogy. I throw Prodigy. I mm-hmm. throw uh, Innova. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you want to move to Trilogy and be, like, a Trilogy thrower, because maybe you're trying to get sponsored, who knows, and you throw... Mm-hmm. A buzz, a TI buzz. Uh, this is do it like, yeah. and I think it's right there with the Emac Truth too. I think it's more stable than that Emac uh-huh. Truth. So you know, if you're, I guess it's the difference between like a TI buzz and a Z buzz. Yeah, I think that also if you're talking about being a trilogy thrower, if you paired this disc with the Claymore, yep. which, which is a little it's bit, same which feel. is more understable than this, but same feel. With between those two, the Claymore and the Compass, you got all of your mid-range lines covered. No, I'm be I'll be totally honest. Well, we have the recycled uh, Claymores, Claymores, yeah. which are a little more under than the regular. Mm-hmm. I'd almost say you go a recycled trilogy uh, Claymore, an Emac Truth, and then a Compass. You could do that, and yeah. you're you're set in every single line you could ever throw in the mid-range. I agree. I agree. So great disc. We love the Compass. It's not going to make it into our bags yet. Maybe in we'll, the future. We'll see. It's, we'll, it's, we shall it's, a, see. it's a great disc. Yeah. 
Uh, will you tell them one more time how they can win this? So, one more time. I'm going to throw this out on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which Joe will cover in a sec what, what those are. But uh, I'm going to throw out a contest post on these, which will have instructions. And your podcast, your secret podcast instructions are for you to comment on any one of those platforms, telling us something about the podcast, letting us know that you listened, and I will add a second entry in for you on top of the regular entries for everyone else. So you'll have twice as many chances to win, brought to you by InfiniteDiscs.com. Perfect. So once again, our Twitter is at TheDiscPod. Our Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash the Disc Golf Podcast. On Instagram, we are the Disc Golf Podcast. Please like, follow, share, get your friends on board. Review uh, us on iTunes. Review us, yeah. iTunes, we're on Stitcher. We're, on, uh, we're now on Play Google Play Music. Mm-hmm. We're kind of anywhere you want to listen. You can find us SoundCloud. Anywhere you want to review, let us know. Um, listen, it does two things. One, it helps us show other people the following we have, but more so... Uh, it's what drives us. It, yeah. It's we do this because we love it. Granted, we're like high and mighty and awesome, getting uh, free beer and plastic, <laughs> which is garbage. It's not really true. We're not getting anything really huge, but it's enough to to uh, keep our dear reviews going. The thing that really gets us here every week to record and let you know what's going on is your reviews and what we hear from you, we dig it. Yep, we love hearing from you. And we will get back to you. If you comment on anything or send us a message, we will get back to you every single time. Right, and usually pretty quick. Yeah. We uh, we titled this earlier. We uh, Our day-to-day, aside from our uh, normal jobs, we're pretty good at it, like a 30 to 40-minute kind of cycle through all social media, <laughs> check it all out before we get back to what we need to get done. Yeah, absolutely. In the meantime... Get out this weekend, throw some stuff at stuff, play some disc golf, have a great time, have a great beer. Get ready for some Father's Day Law. Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully we'll be looking forward to some great coverage. That final round coverage of the uh, the Masters Cup just dropped today, so make sure you watch all of that. It's must watch. Must watch. And, and listen, really cool move. <clears throat> if you follow CCDG or if you listen to us, you... Uh, you know that we're kind of uh, Central Coast Disc Golf fanboys. Really cool move. They decided that they would not post their final round uh, lead card until the Disc Golf Guy posted. So watch both. Yeah. Disc Golf Guy is mm-hmm. up right now. Watch it, which means Central Coast will probably go up tomorrow morning. Yeah. Which means actually all will be up by the time you're listening. Watch it all because the different views... Different, different cameras, angles, different commentary. Both awesome people mm-hmm. putting up great coverage. Yeah. Watch it all. Take it all in. Pray to the stars that someday you can do something similar. Yeah. Or maybe just play the course and throw the same disc. I just want to play the same course. good enough for me. I don't know about the same disc. I know you'll have the micro in your hand. I will. As always. That is true. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Take it easy.